This is KMTT. Today, on Mondays, we have a shear of Harav Yemen Tavori, who this year will be examining different responses, Shalotu Chuvot, from the major ones from the 18th and 19th century. Harav Tavori. We're going to continue today with Chuvos of the Avne Nezer. Last week, we discussed a few chuvos that relate to women about reading the Megillah, about Parsha Zachar. Today, we'll begin with Chuvatav Pe Aleph, where the Adenezer deals with the opinion of Rabbeinu Tam. Rabbeinu Tam is quoted in Gitten as saying that a woman cannot make tzitzis. Now, we know that a woman cannot, is not required to wear tzitzis. But Rabbeinu Tam added that she cannot make tzitzes and she cannot prepare a lulav, do the igud, the tying up of the lulav, since she's not obligated in the mitzvah. Now, it is true that women are possible from writing tefillin. Women may not write tefillin. And the Gemara explains because they're not chayev in tefillin, they can't write tefillin. But Rabbeinu Tam did a quantum leap from there and said not only can they not make tefillin because they can't write tefillin, but they can't prepare tzitzes and they can't uh, prepare a luluf. The obvious question is, did a woman can make a sukkah? The Gemara says clearly there's a list of sukkot that are kasher. Uh, the initials are ganvach, rakvash. One of those initials refers to a sukkah made by woman. Now, woman's not chayev in, in sukkah, so why should she be allowed to make a, a sukkah, to build the sukkah, if we say that she's not allowed to make a uh, to make tzitzis. Rav, the Adnan Nezer begins to say a very big chiddush, which I think is rather problematic. And he said that a woman is obviously involved in anything that's usher. She does not do, she's not chayv and tefillin. But he claims there is a problem of eating outside the sukkah. Because a sukkah is a matir to enable people to eat and drink and sleep on sukkahs. He, he, he compares it to shechita. Shechita, when we discuss if shechita is a mitzvah or not, it doesn't mean that somebody has to go run out and, and, and shech the cow today to fulfill a mitzvah. It means that in order to eat meat, a person has to do shechita. Shechita is called a matir. And he wants to say that a sukkah is a matir as well. But basically, the, there's an Easter to eat outside the sukkah. Now, women are involved in a mitzvah that's a, a matir because basically it's an Easter. But then he asks the question, why would women really be exempt from that mitzvah? Why would men, women be exempt from sitting in the sukkah since sitting in the sukkah is a, is a matir for the hetar? And he tries to bring a raya that even though women are exempt from sukkah because of special a special limud, nevertheless, building of a sukkah is a matir. And he says a very interesting thing. Based on that, it would be usher to feed a child outside the sukkah. The Gemara says if he's if he is Ein Sarach 
once the child has reached an age where he is not dependent upon his mother, he's chayv and sukkah, because you can't feed, feed him an iser, like you can't feed, feed a child shreife, you're not allowed to feed him outside the sukkah. Now, that's a very interesting argument, but the truth is I never thought like that. I always thought the mitzvah of, of sukkah is a kiyum ha-mitzvah to eat in the sukkah. And a person who eats outside the sukkah is not over in Easter specifically. He's just mevatel, the mitzvah saseh of sukkah. And this is an argument made by the Rav Shimon Shkup and Shavu Yosha and many other achronim. They discuss the question, for example, let's say a person would sit in the sukkah, eat in the sukkah, but not fulfill the mitzvah. How could that be? Well, there's one way, without going into detail about mitzvah Baba Veira, there's a case like that. But there's another case where a person would sit in the sukkah but have negative kavana. He says, I do not want to be Yotzei the mitzvah. So, according to the Avninezer, it would seem that there's no no Easter. He ate in the sukkah. It's true, he did not fulfill the mitzvah. But the mitzvah, the sukkah is matir achila, so he didn't do an avera. But according to the way I learned, the way Rip Shimon and others learned, sitting in the sukkah without being mekayim mitzvah is a bit say. It's the same as eating outside the sukkah. It's a bit say biyadayim. You're eating without fulfilling the mitzvah, and that's what's also. What's interesting is that the Mishnah in Simit Tafresh Mem Sif does paskin like this Avnei Nezer, and the Mishnah says there luchuli alma asur laachila katan biyadayim chutz sukkah. To tell a child to eat outside the sukkah or to give him food outside the sukkah, according to the Mishnah Berurah, is certainly Aser. Now, I don't think it's Aser. It, with uh, due respect, uh, of course, it doesn't seem to be there's an Easter to eat outside the sukkah. That, on, the, on the other hand, though, let's remember, it is the opinion of the Avnei here, and the Mishnah decides in halacha in accordance with such an opinion. At the end, of course, the Avnei says argues with his explanation of Rabbi Nutam, but for a def- different reason. He tried to explain that according to Rabbi Nutam, a, a, per- a woman is puzzled for making a mitzvah, but she can uh, p- make the mitzvah, or when I mean make the mitzvah, I mean prepare the chefzah shal mitzvah, prepare the lulav, prepare tzitzis, prepare a sukkah. She can only prepare the mitzvah of sukkah because that is a, is a matir. But he says maybe that's not true. For a matir also, you require somebody's mechuyav. Now, why can a katan do shechita? Shechita is certainly a matir. So he says because a, a katan is considered a barchiyuva because he's going to, because you cannot feed uh, a cotton davar ha'aser. Since you can't feed him a davar ha'aser, he's involved in the mitzvah of sukkah, or the Easter of eating outside the sukkah, and therefore he can prepare, he could prepare a matir, uh, well, we, we talked about shechita, uh, he could uh, shecht an animal because he's not allowed to eat, and the person's not allowed to feed him the velos or trefos. So he's not allowed to eat without shechita. So therefore, I would follow, he could also make a sukkah, according to his argument, because he's not allowed to eat outside the sukkah, according to the Avdinezer. Whereas the mitzvah of sukkah is a matir, and then he said, I have no longer a proof that anybody who's not mechuyiv in the mitzvah can do the matir. Maybe you need a, a person who's 
involved in that mitzvah to do the matir as well. So again, my question returns. Why is the woman allowed to make a sukkah, but she's not allowed to put on make tzitzis? At the end, he says this is a very strong raya against Rabbeinu Tam. And therefore, it seems that uh, he would reject the opinion of Rabbeinu Tam. Perhaps we could answer Rabbeinu Tam. I'll leave that to your imagination. Perhaps you'll contact me and tell me what your answer would be. Another question that I found interesting was written to the son-in-law of the Avdenezer about fasting on Tisha B'av. The doctors had told this person not to fast on Tisha B'av. After discussion, they allowed him to fast until Chatzos. So the Avdenezer wrote back, I don't think you should fast at all. Because on a fast day, the Rabbanan, Chachamim did not, the Rabbanan did not make a, a tanis at all for a chole. Now this is an opinion that I heard basically in the name of Reb Chaim. Reb Chaim used to say that if a person is sick, he shouldn't fast. But even if he would fast, it's not considered fasting. I read a story in the name of in Reb Menachem Genak, who told the story to Rav Shechter, who wrote it in the latest book uh, about the Rav. And it said there that Reb Velvel one time was arranging a minion for, to read the Torah in a minchonetanis. And they collected ten people. And the briskerav said to his son, go get me another person. So the, brisk, the son asked him, why? Because we have ten people. So briskerav said, well, one of them had asked him yesterday if he should fast on the fast day. And the, and the briskerav said not to fast. So, But the son told the, his father that, but he did fast. He told me he fasted. So the briskerav said, his fasting is not considered a fasting. You see from here, first of all, there's a big chumrah, that for a fast day you need ten people who are fasting to read the Torah. Secondly, a person who fasted when he's not mechuyev is not considered as fasting at all. And this is what the Adnanezer basically said. The b'makam cholilo gazerabanan. The fast day doesn't exist at all. Now, of course, you could discuss if Tishbav is different than other days, or if not, but he quotes a Rajba and says that even Tishabav is like other fast days. And Milsa, today the Gemara in Rosh Hashanah says in a situation where there's neither uh, peace nor war, it is a, uh, the obligation of Tanis is based on the fact that B'nai Israel want to. And we accept it upon ourselves. Rishonim explained that today we all ex- accept it upon ourselves. So he said that applies to Tishabav as well. Even though not everybody knew that, the Taz did not agree with that, but he points out, interesting for Hasidic Sherebi, that at the time of the Taz, the Rajba was not available in, in, in print. The Chidushi Haritva were also recently printed. Therefore, you do not have to fast. In other words, he accepted the authority of Rishonim that were printed lately to to support his position, not to fast at all, to eat immediately in the morning. In Simon Tuf Tuf Yud Beis, 
the Avnenezer dealt with an opinion of the Rambam that said that if a person builds a building, Bone on Yom Tov, would get Malkus. Now, Tosfus and Shabbos, and this is a very interesting opinion that that's not somehow that well known. Tosfus thinks that Bone on Shabbos is basically Mutter, as long as, of course, as it's the Tzarech Yom Tov, as for Yom Tov needs. And what's his source? Tosu says that making cheese on Yom Tov is certainly mutter because it's Ochel Nefesh. Now, the Easter of making cheese on Shabbos is subsumed under the category called Megabain, which is the Tolda of Bonem. Megabain is from the Hebrew word Gvina. Megabain, making Gvina, which is the Tolda of Bonem, where you take pieces and put them together and create a unit. That's a, a form, a Tolda of Bonem. So Tosu says, how could it be that Bono on Yom Tov should be Yasser? Since Megabin is Mutter, so we say, Mitoch Shutra Letzarech Chutra Shalom Letzarech, any Malacha that is Mutter for Ochal Nefesh is Mutter, even for not Tzarech Ochal Nefesh, according to Tosu, as long as there's some Tzarech Yom Tov involved. So therefore, Megabin on Yom Tov is Mutter, therefore, Bono on Yom Tov is Mutter. How could the Rambam say you get Malkas for Bono by Yom Tov when, according to Tosfus, it would be mutter. The, the Adonaisah says an important teretz that is a yesod in Hilcha Shabbos. And if I'm not mistaken, the basic idea is already found in the tshuva of the son of the Rambam and the tshuva of Rabbi Avram ben Rambam. But he, he argues that the Rambam distinguished between toldos and avos. Tosva said, since Megabin is a tolda of Bona, and Megabin is mutter on Cholema, on Yom Tov, therefore the Av Malach of Bona is also mutter on Yom Tov. That's Tosva's opinion, that whatever applies to the tolda applies to the Av. The toldos and the Avos are so closely related that if a Malach is mutter because of the tolda, then the Av would also be mutter on Yom Tov. But the Rambam distinguished lo aminan mitoch mitolda la'av. We do not compare the tolda of the av. So it's true the tolda of megabin is mutter and yamtov, and therefore any case of megabin would be included mitoch. But bone, which is the av malacha, is not mutter. There was never a heter of malacha of malachas bone and yamtov, and therefore the shita saram is that you would get malchus. Now we have a similar discussion in Tosus and Shabbos Tafayin Gimel Rebbeis. Tosfus asks, why would it be that milking a cow would be usher because of a tolda of kosher? Because it's the avmalacha, I'm sorry, because of dash. Because of dash. And Tosfus says, but the opinion of Chachamim is, ain't disha ala karka, and a cow is not considered gedule karka. Disha only applies to things that grow from the ground. And a cow is not considered growth from the ground. Tosus goes on to explain all the proofs to his uh, hypothesis. And Tosus then has to go on to argue with Rashi and suggest a new Easter for Cholev on Shabbos, milking a cow. But when Tosus asks the question, his question is, since Disha is only the Karka, therefore the Tolda should also be, of Cholev, should also be the Karka. 
According to what we're saying, you can distinguish the opposite direction between the Av and the Tolda. Tosfus did not distinguish. He said whatever applies to the Tolda applies to the Av, and therefore what applies to the Av would apply to the Tolda. Based on the argument of the Av Nezer, a person could say that since, even though Disha only applies to Gedulei Karka, the Av Melach only applies to Gedulei Karka. But Cholev, which is the Tolda of Dash, could apply even though it's not me Gedulei Karka. So we see the Rambam and Tosfus would both continue with their own opinions. L'shitosayhem. According to Tosfus, of us and the Toldos are compared. Whatever applies to a Tolda applies to an Av. Whatever applies to an Av, it would apply to a Tolda. Whereas according to the Rambam, you could distinguish something might apply to the Av and not to the Tolda. Something might apply to the Tolda and not to the Av. One of the most famous chuvas of the Avdei Nezer is Tshuva Shinpei Aleph. The beginning of the tshuva is not, perhaps, the part that made it very famous and very well known. The first part of the tshuva discussed the bracha on eating matzah. The bracha, of course, on eating matzah. So he says, look, this is a mitzvah that you must do. Each person must do himself. And according to the general rules of, of, of brachas, the person should make a bracha, lechol matzah. Why would he make the bracha al achilas matzah? Now, it's true that Tosas and Psachim, in the sugya of brachos, al uh, not al Tosas says it's very difficult to come up with principles where to define when you would say the bracha al and when you make a bracha le. But this particular opinion seems to be pretty well established, that a, a, a mitzvah that you have to do is the bracha would be lechol matzah. Why is the bracha al achilas matzah? Now, the Avnezer suggested a brilliant explanation. According to Reb Lezer ben Azariah, now we know this famous controversy, this famous machlokas between Reb Lezer and Azariah and Chachamim, when, by when should the Karim Pesach be eaten? The Karim Pesach should be eaten at Chatzos, according to Reb Lezer ben Azariah. We Paskin, well, we, it's not at all clear the way we Paskin. According to Chachamim, the mitzvah of eating Karim Pesach exists until the morning. But according to Abelazah ben Azariah, you can only come Pesach till Chatzos. And the reason for that is because the Torah says, And that's referring when HaKadosh Baruch Hu passed through Mitzrayim Kivayachal at Chatzos, and therefore when the Torah says, it's referring to Chatzos. So he asks a very simple question. If that would be true, the real mitzvah of eating matzah would be balayla. And when is that? At chatzos. So the mitzvah should be exactly at chatzos. Why could you eat the matzah beforehand? So he said, well, look, let's think for a moment. Nobody can really eat the matzah at chatzos because we don't have such accurate watches and it takes a little time to eat the matzah. So therefore, when it says chatzos, it means... At chatzos, the mitzvah, sh- the matzah should be eaten. The matzah should be finished by chatzos. Therefore, the mitzvah is not to eat the matzah per se, but it's to have the matzah eaten at by chatzos. So therefore, the bracha would be al achilas matzah. And he goes on to say, this is the real logic behind the idea of ein maftiri machar pesach afikoman. Because 
the idea of the Tama Matzah should be in his mouth. At what point? At which point? Today, we're in the month of Adar. I don't have to have the time of Matzah from last year in my mouth. It means that it, according to the Avnanezah's argument, according to Rebbe ben Azariah, at the time that you fulfill the mitzvah, after Chatzos, at Chatzos, the Tama mitzvah, Matzah should be in your mouth, because that's when you actually fulfill the mitzvah, even though you didn't eat it at Chatzos, but you ate it before Chatzos, but you fulfill the mitzvah at Chatzos. In brisker terminology, a person would use, use this argument and say, the Maisa mitzvah of, of Matzah is to eat it any time in the nighttime. The Kiyuma mitzvah is at Chatzos, that, at which point the Matzah was eaten. And therefore, at this moment, Ein Maftiyam Achra Pesach So then the Avnezer comes up with his famous patent that is well known. Other people have suggested it as well. He said, what would happen if a person it reaches the time of Chatzos and he realizes that he has not eaten matzah yet? And this, of course, is, uh, happens to some people. They get very much involved in the mitzvah of Sipoyt Mitzrayim. They say Chidushi Torah at the Seder and all of a sudden they realize it's too late to eat the meal. So should they skip the meal? Should they say, well, tonight we'll just eat matzah, finish, and eat tafikoman, and then bench? So the Abnezer came up with this tonight. He says, what you should do is take a kazayis matzah and say like this, if the Allah is like Rebbe and Azariah, this is the afikoman. But after, after, the, after the time of the mitzvah is gone, according to Rebbe and Azariah, you can eat. So all you have to do is wait two minutes or so after chatzos, and then you can eat regular meal. The tnai was, if the halacha is like Rav Lezeb and Azariah, this is my afikoman, and therefore in two minutes I can continue eating. And then you should continue with your tnai and say, if the halacha is like chachamim, then I don't mean this to be afikoman. I mean this to be, because I smart, so I'm eating as part of the meal. And then you can continue eating regular food, according to chachamim, because the halacha is, according to Rav Lezeb and Azariah. This, uh, Argument of the Avnezer, as I said, is very well known. Many people discuss it. Some people argue that even according to Chachamim, maybe there's a din Rabbanan that you should not eat after Chatzos, the, the matzah after Chatzos. Midaraisa, perhaps you could eat all night, maybe Midrabanan. Would it be like Kriyashma in the first Mishnah and Brachas that Midaraisa, you can do it all night? Does that Siyag apply to Kabbin Pesach? There's a whole discussion engendered by this Avnezer. But it, it's one of the most famous ideas found in the Avnezer at all. I'd like to mention one or two chuvos uh, that are found in other chalakim of the Avnezer. For example, one of the chuvos of the Avnezer in Yeridea is about a question of what a uh, what would apply to a, a death of a, of a non-Jew, is he metame ba'oel, is he metame b'magomasa? The point that I want to quote, though, that's found in this tshuva, is in tshuva tav samaches. The Avnezer suggests an idea that a Kohen is usher to be involved with a goses. Now, we know there's a din in Shulchan Aruch that a Kohen should not walk into a room where there's a goses. But 
The question is, what's the reason for it? Is the reason because I'm afraid that the Gozis might pass away any moment, in which case the Kohen would become Tameh. So to prevent him from becoming Tameh, there would be an Easter to walk into a place where there is a Gozis. The Avnenezer himself suggested a different reason. And he used the following words. Hiskilu tipe malachamavas. Somehow the death process has begun. He uses other Kabbalistic phrases here to discuss exactly what the Easter could be. And then he claims that an Oel Ames does not have this problem. The problem only exists in Maga Umasa of a Gosses. But a, a, to be in the OL of a Gosses, he said, would not be a problem. It is true that the Rush and the Tour both said that a Kohen cannot enter a house where there's a Gosses. So then he uses an argument we mentioned today, but almost backwards. You see, he said, in the time of the Rosh in the tour, the Zohar was not yet discovered. And the Zohar explained the reason that a guy is not Matami Ba'ohel. Therefore, a Kohen is allowed to be in an Ohel Ames. Now that we have this, the Zohar, I think, says Avinazer, that it's logical that a Cohen is allowed to be in an OL of the Gosses, but he's also Bemagomasa, but then he said Sarachin Ladina. He was reluctant to ask in this question. Rav Tzvi Shechter in his Sefer Bikvei Hatzon has a longer explanation, but he does quote this Avnei Nezer and explains his theory that a Gosses really is so he says a very big Kiddush, that a Gosses, there's a separate Easter L'skarev to a Gosses, to come near a Gosses, would be Aser. But, you wouldn't be Tame. But nevertheless, that Easter replies once he's a Gosses. And then he quotes the Avinezer and explains his, his Cheshbon and explains Rav Shechter's Cheshbon. Very interesting discussion of exactly what a Gosses is, what's the definition of a Gosses, and what's the reason that a Kohen is not allowed to have Mago Masa with a Gosses, and whether he's Usser and Oel a Gosses would be the issue that Avinezer raised here. The last discussion that I'm going to have time for today is a tshuva about bringing a carbon for a gear. How could a gear convert today? Because we don't have a carbon. Now, the Gemara in Croesus says that the requirements for mila, for Gerus are Mila, Tvila, and Hatzuaz Damim. You have to have a bris, you have to go to Mikveh, and you have to bring your carbon. The Gemara asks that today, how do we have a Ger? And the Gemara says, Ledoro Seichem. 
that it's not ma'akev. The mitzvah of bringing a carbon cannot be ma'akev. Why? Because the Torah said l'doroseichem. And any time the Torah says l'doroseichem, it means the mitzvah is eternal. Now, there are conditions that are important for this particular mitzvah, but if those mitzvahs do not, if those requirements are not available at a certain time, for example, carbon, then the fact that the Torah used the word the Dorsechem implies that it is possible to do even when that condition is not there. So the Avni Nezah began a whole discussion, is this true in the case where it's unavailable? Like in today? Or would this be true even in the time of the Beis HaMikdash? Did the Karban prevent a person from becoming a gear in the time of the Beis HaMikdash, when you could bring a Karban? Today, it's true you can bring a, be a gear without the Karban because L'dara But that does not mean automatically that in the time of the Beis HaMikdash you could have become a gear without a Karban. Maybe then it was Ma'akev. And then the Adnezer and Shuva Shin Memdalid in Yeridea, says that this is indeed a machlokas rishonim. And his proof is that the Rambam quotes this halacha of bringing a carbon in the regular laws of Geirus. He doesn't bring it in halachas of Kachim, but he brings it in halachas of Geirus. Apparently, it is halacha in Geirus. But he quotes a Rajba and a Tosfus that thinks that even in the time of the Beis HaMikdash, it would not be Ma'akev. And he quotes the Rajban Yevamis as saying as follows. The Rajban says, how can we accept Gerim today when we don't have a Bezdin of Mumchim? Now this is the question that I really was found interesting. Today, we have Gerus. Now the Gemara says you need Mumchim for Gerus. So based on the way we're arguing about carbon, we would say one of two things. Since today, munchim are not available, we do not have a munchim. So Tosfus, the Rajba, the Ramban, many we shown him asked the question, how can we have Geirus? So one of the answers could be, Ludaro Seichem. It's true that munchim are necessary, but Bizman Azeb, we don't have munchim, the Torah said Ludaro Seichem. Now the Rajba, when he answered this question, the Rajba said, that you don't require mumchim. When the Torah said you need three, it doesn't need mumchim. And my proof is because of the Torah So you see from here that he felt, the Rajba felt that even the time of the Beis HaMikdash you didn't need mumchim. Since the Torah said the Torah and the Torah implies forever, so mumchim is not ma'akev, it's not ma'akev in the time of the Beis HaMikdash either. Dabna therefore explains, therefore carbon would not be ma'akev either. Since carbon is not ma'akev today, the same way mumchim are not ma'akev today, they were not ma'akev in the time of the Beis HaMikdash. However, the Ramban answered differently. The Ramban said that only bizman hazer because there's no mumchim. And it seems from the, from the Ramban that only bizman hazer we could dispense with mumchim. In fact, the second terrace of the Ramban is very interesting. The Ramban said, how can we do uh, Geirus today? So Tosfus and Gittin says, because of Shlichusayu de Kadmoi. It's, now, there's a whole discussion of what Shlichusayu means without going into it 
extensively as we have no time, the Ramban says perhaps Shlichusayu works the Araisa. Maybe today the people who act as Dayan and Fegeus act as representatives of the earlier generations and somehow that is the Araisa. This line of the Ramban that Shlichusayu could be the Araisa was made famous perhaps not by the Ramban on Yuvamis, perhaps, which was not as well known. Again, we'd have to discuss exactly when the Ramban was published and publicized. But the Nesivos, in the beginning of Chosha Mishpat, did bring that opinion that Shlichusayu is the Araisa. And therefore, we can accept Geirim, Bizman Hazer, without Momchim.